Hey friends, welcome to the Next Step Leadership Podcast, a conversation dedicated to helping you make your next step your best step. I'm Tracy Reynolds, and my partner for the Next Step Journey is Chris Maxwell. Together we hope to inspire, assist, and create the confidence you need to take your next step in your personal growth, spiritual growth, vocation, or even your calling. Thanks for joining us. Well, come on, let's dive into this week's episode of Next Step Leadership. Chris Maxwell and Tracy Reynolds uh, talking about Next Step Leadership. And Tracy, it is not good for leaders to lead alone. It absolutely is not good. And I love that title. Uh, welcome back to the podcast, you, Pastor sir. Shell Osborne. Uh, he told a bit of his story last time. If you haven't listened to the first podcast, I won't say shame on you, but I will say <laughs> go back and listen now. Put this one on pause. Go back and listen to last week's podcast. Hear a bit of his story because I think you're going to find... Yeah. A, he's a great storyteller. Yes. B, it's a great story that mm. you don't want to miss, and it'll just help you realize how much we have in common with you. Brother, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you, Dr. Reynolds. Pastor Chris, what a joy to be with you guys again on today's podcast. And hey, I mentioned it as we were just all kind of chatting before last week's podcast, but I love the color of your logo on your on your <laughs> podcast. It looks like the cover of my book. Yeah. It really does. I, that bright green wakens, wakes you up. <laughs> you know, I told you we call that Kermit Green. Kermit Green. There Kermit you go. the Frog. Yeah, you know? yeah. Anyway, well, listen, we had a good introduction mm. last time. I'm grateful for friendships. It's nice yes. to have us all together in the same studio. It is That's a, joy a totally to be different feeling than we're doing these long distance. Yeah. And uh, you have written a book that I told you last time I just finished this morning. Mm -hmm. It's not good for leaders to lead alone. Mm -hmm. And I would love to know what prompted you to do that. I mean, it's a good book. I would recommend it uh, if you're a lead pastor, if you're, uh, or if you are an associate, if you're a second chair leader. uh, There, you know, you'll find it very, very encouraging but also very instructive as well. Yeah. But well, what led you. you to do this, Shell? Well, thank you, Dr. Reynolds. Actually, it's kind of a, a journey that started quite a few years ago. Been in ministry now 37 years, and the first uh, about 17, almost 18 of those years, I served in a variety of associate roles. And I actually started developing some of the thoughts for this book during those years and taught at some church ministries conferences on some of these principles and in wanting to encourage staff members and volunteers on how they could better serve their primary leader. And while the book is very heavily based on scriptural principles and I think easily relate to church environments, I believe it also is applicable outside of the church environment True. in business settings and other other places because almost every organization has a primary leader, but then that organization, whether it's a church or business or whatnot, is staffed with oftentimes dozens and dozens or sometimes even hundreds of secondary leaders. So whether they're compensated or they're volunteered, they're not the primary leader in their organization. So honestly, I've written the book for all of those people, not necessarily the primary leader, because what I saw during those years of serving in associate roles that I continue to see now that I've had the privilege of serving as a lead pastor for the last 20 years 
is that the health of that organization is not singularly related to the primary leader, but it is very heavily related to the health and the workings of all of those secondary leaders. So in the church environment, whether it's staff members, paid or volunteer, lay leaders, board members, deacons, whatever your church structure is, there are all of those people who ultimately I want to help in some way through this book, if God would allow, to encourage them Much like your podcast is entitled Next Step Leadership, I want to encourage them to take that next step to better serving their primary leader. And so I use biblical examples and practical examples, not only from my life, but from others' lives, of how that can be accomplished. Each chapter of the book is a question. And so rather than making a statement, I thought it might be good to just say, hey, have you thought about this? Or have you ever considered this? Or what do you think about this? And then unfold the chapter. As I submitted this to the to the publisher, uh, she came back and she said, I love the direction that you've taken in this, but I really see this as almost more like a workbook rather than just kind of a devotional size. So it was her recommendation to add some pages in there at the end of each chapter for notes for people to take that they could use it in kind of a teaching setting. So if you're listening to the podcast and you're a primary leader, I would encourage you to consider not just because it's the book that I've written and authored, but if you agree with those types of principles and you want to better uh, equip your staff, again, paid or unpaid, pick up a copy or copies of it. Contact me. I'd be happy to uh, give you some uh, thoughts and some ideas. But some of the things that I say in the book, and, and you guys understand in ministry, sometimes the things that the people need to hear can almost be better said by somebody other than the person who is the primary leader. And so I'm hoping that the book gets into the hands of secondary leaders and organization of all types, and they'll go, you know what? If if my leader had told me that or asked me that, I might would resist that. But because it didn't come from him or her, I'm willing to kind of apply that in my yeah. life. It's kind yeah. of like in parenting. That's Your exactly kid comes right. home from school or from some scouting event or some right. church event, and they tell you something, and you're like, but I've been telling you that for years. Yeah, <laughs> and they're like, I don't think I've ever heard that. Well, sometimes as staff members, as volunteers, as secondary leaders, we hear things, but we don't really hear things. So I'm hoping the book might be just a nudge for secondary leaders to hear something kind of from a fresh perspective. Tell us what some of those key things are that that need to be heard. Sure, sure. Well, in in putting the book together, again, I wanted to use some of the principles that, that I felt like I learned along the way. I mentioned in the last podcast about the few pastors that I've had the privilege of serving over the years, and I've learned something from each one of them mm-hmm. uh, that I think can be a, uh, reflected in, that are reflected in the book. The pastor with whom I had the privilege of serving the longest was Pastor Roger Brumbelow for about fourteen years. He's the one that that I would say really God allowed to become my spiritual father. Now, again, in last week's episode of the podcast, I mentioned I grew up in a wonderful, loving Christian family, and my my father, to whom my book is dedicated in the early pages, is my hero. He's been in heaven now for about eight years, at least our our terms of eight years. But uh, I saw Dad go back to... Quit school when he was a young man and went back and got his GED as an adult, as a father, and then enrolled in college, was a businessman, owned businesses, was in management with J.C. Penney's, and had all these things going on, and he became my hero. And so a lot of the things that I've learned in life, I've learned through my dad. But as I got into ministry, I began picking up on some of these principles. And so uh, as I put the book together, I wanted to pose these, as I mentioned, in questions. So like 
Chapter number two is what is a secondary leader? And I just kind of take some time to, not just a couple pages talking about that. Then there's the question, do you help carry your leader's load? And I would admit, um, until I became a lead pastor, I had no idea what that load was like. That's right. And I mentioned in that chapter um, that sometimes as secondary leaders, we're carrying loads. Let's just talk about the church. Youth pastors carrying the load of pastoring those students and putting mm-hmm. together events and things. And while he or she may feel overwhelmed with that, I'm not sure they understand what their lead pastor is really carrying. I like to say it this way at our church, and they hear me say it frequently. Everything in our church may not be my fault, but it's all my responsibility. Mm. And so I'll say this. If your kid's diaper doesn't get changed at the exact right moment, I didn't even work in the nursery today. (laughs) (laughs) It may not be my fault, but it's all my responsibility. And so I want those secondary leaders to, to realize, in addition to carrying their load, They need to help carry their leader's load. It's a biblical Mm. principle. Let each man not only look out for his own interests, but also for the interest of others. And when we bear one another's burdens, we fulfill the law of Christ. There's so much about that Mm. that just gets packed into that one chapter. And I think if all of us who are in secondary roles would help our primary leader carry their role, uh, Jesus had to have help carrying his cross. That's right. We, nobody can do everything by themselves. And so you, you guys would be familiar, and probably most all of your listeners would be familiar with back in Genesis where God said it's not good for man to be alone. Mm-hmm. And so he gave him a helper. That's The title comes from kind mm-hmm. of a, a nuanced of that statement. It's not good for leaders to lead alone. None of us can do it well. We're trying to do it by ourselves. It's too overwhelming, so we... We spread things out. We hire staff. We raise up volunteers. But then sometimes if they're only singularly focused on their assignment mm-hmm. and they forget that that primary leader has, as I say, responsibility for everything, then they will fail in that assignment mm-hmm. to help their leader carry their load. And if every one of those secondary leaders in that organization, whether it's the church or business, mm-hmm. would just do a little bit more to help their primary leader... His or her load would be carried better, and they'll still be carrying their own load. So it's all about teamwork. Well, you gave some really practical suggestions in the book of Mm -hmm. specific ways that you can help do that. Would you share a couple of those? Sure. I think you know, just being aware of, as a staff member, I tried to make sure that I never left the office. And, And please understand, I'm not trying to pin roses on me. I'm just saying from my own experience. I tried to make sure that if my pastor was still in the office when I got ready to leave, that I would just walk down the hall or call into his office and just say, hey, I'm about to leave. Is there anything else that I could do to help you so you could go ahead and get on out of here pretty soon too? And that doesn't make me a hero. Mm -hmm. I just tried to be sensitive to them. And so I think that's something that secondary leaders could do. If their primary leader is still in the office or still on the clock or still working in the building or whatnot, just just check on them. There might be something they could get you to do. I, I never found a case where my pastor, in response to saying, you know what, yeah, if you could help me with this, that it ever became a very big project at mm-hmm. all. But it was just the fact that I wanted to take a moment to say, hey, can I help you before I slip out? It's almost like saying, okay, I'm done with my stuff, but you're still here. How can I help you? And so I think that's a small thing to do. Um, looking, Just pick, being aware. Uh, if you see your leader coming in carrying a bunch of stuff, mm-hmm. ask, hey, have you got anything else I could help you bring in? I mean, that doesn't change the world, but at 
lets that leader know you're paying attention and you're wanting to help them carry their load just a little bit. If you sense through your personal relationship that this week or this day has been kind of heavy for them, or if they've let you in a little bit behind the scenes, and occasionally they will, undergird them with prayer, undergird them with support, write them a note. You know, I think in ministry, one of the ways that Secondary leaders can do this real well. Is just simply after their if if it's their pastor and they finished a message on Sunday, just let them know you enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Those of us who preach sometimes Mm -hmm. might go a while before somebody says anything nice about one of our messages. (laughs) Now they you may see them in the altar, they may see God working in their Mm -hmm. life, but sometimes just a word of encouragement because it's so often you guys know this. You can leave the pulpit and feel like you just didn't hit the mark or whatnot. And if a staff member comes along and says, hey, I want to let you know, man, I appreciate that word today. Thanks for pouring into us. It just lightens that load a little bit that he or she may be carrying in that moment. Yeah, and those can be small words that are actually big words for the one who receives and hears them. Exactly. Now, I will tell you, I, I have to just honor my wife of 37 years, Missy. I will not leave the pulpit. I have never preached a message that I didn't step down off the platform, and she greets me and says, "Honey, that was an amazing message." Now I may have thought, "Oh, I didn't, I didn't ring the bell, or I missed the mark, or I didn't connect, or I don't think they got it today." But now she's my administrative assistant, so she is a secondary leader in our church. She's also my wife, but always encouraging, always letting me know, and that just that that helps me. And then beyond that, when others may make a comment about something that I've done or the way that I've led, I've got an amazing board. And just yesterday in our meeting, uh, there were some very complimentary things said. It just encourages, it lightens the load. Because every primary leader is carrying a load for which most of the people in their organization have no clue what that load is like. Doesn't matter if you're the bank president, you're the CEO of a Fortune 500 company, you're the pastor in a local church, with or without staff, there's a load that needs, they need some help carrying. Yeah. Well, we... I'm aware every time that I, I serve... My senior pastor, in any regard, it's always because he's delegated that to me. He's made that available. Um, and he's given me the, the responsibility to do something. Uh, he's literally given me part of things off his plate. Yeah. So I want to do that well. Let's turn it around the other way. What can the senior leader do to help encourage uh, those around them? Well, I think that's a great question, Dr. Reynolds. I think it's an awareness of empowering our secondary leaders, again, whether they're paid or volunteer, to say, look, they're a part of this organization. There's already a good measure of buy-in into where we're going, what we're doing, or they wouldn't be here. I mean, honestly, even if they're an employee, they have other options. They could work on other vocations and other occupations. If they're a volunteer, they certainly could just feel free to leave at any time. But when they're there, there's a natural sense of buy-in. And I think it's important for primary leaders to look around and say, look, what can I get someone to help me to do that does lighten my load? It empowers them. It also acknowledges their value in the organization. And so, you know, you think about the ministry of Jesus. It kind of could be said this way. For a while, he did everything, and the disciples watched. And then there were occasions where they did things together. And then there came the time where he left, and they had to do everything else. And I think in leadership, we could use that as a model. 
when we first get there or for we're first rolling out a new agenda or a new vision or something, we may feel like we're kind of doing everything. But look around and find those individuals who can help you carry that load yeah. because it's not good for leaders to lead alone. And yeah. look, God worked really hard for six days and he took a day off. We read that Jesus often withdrew from the crowds, and he was the only one who could do for them what they needed to be done. You're good, but you ain't that good. I mean, (laughs) pardon my bad English. (laughs) Every leader needs to to offload some things onto people that they trust and people that they believe in. It raises the value of that individual in the organization, and it also lets others know, I trust them, I believe in them, and I want my staff to feel empowered and honored and respected and valued. And so the more I allow them to do, and the more our church in particular sees that, I think it under it undergirds that reality that I love them, I trust them, I believe in them, and I'm empowering them. It's a partnership. It really is. Yeah. We're not doing this. We're a we're in partnership with God, uh, right? And we're we're doing uh, the things He's empowered us to do. But we're also uh, empowered uh, by the pastor to work together uh, to do ministry sure. together. So that's a beautiful well, thing. So it's a partnership. It yeah. really is. Well, one of the other areas that I want us to focus on as we end this conversation, as we move toward ending this, is the service that you and your congregation have provided to your community. Mm-hmm. I just love that. I mean, oh, some of the you. stories are amazing. So just just give us a summary of, of just that heart you have um, to, to really be the church. Yeah. Thank you, Pastor Chris. I'll I'll try to do this briefly because it's a it's a twenty year unfolding of the story, so to speak. But when I arrived at uh, at the church, I I could see so clearly that there was a healthy church. And I'll say this casually; I don't mean it disrespectfully, but we could hold hands and sing Kumbaya, and we could do our church stuff, and we could have Sunday school classes and discipleship and preach services, and we could do that. I think fairly well, if not really well. And then we were doing a real good job at our church of supporting missionaries all around the world. In our fellowship, the Assemblies of God, our church has been in the top 3 to 5% of churches supporting missions out of 13,000 churches across the nation. And I didn't create that. I mentioned earlier about Pastor Harris Fennell, who was there 31 years. He brought that to our church. His son, John, continued it, and I've had the privilege of continuing it for 20 years. But what I noticed, I began to look around and, and ask the questions about, like the youth pastor at the time when I arrived, I said, what's our relationship with the middle school next door? And he said with a question mark at the end, next door neighbors, question mark. And I said, okay, have you ever been on the campus? Yeah. And he had only been there a short period of time. And so I said, well, look, let's get an appointment with the principal and just introduce ourselves and say we are, in fact, neighbors. How can we serve? What's a need that we can meet? And Dr. Mark Marshall was the principal at Griffin Middle School at the time 20 years ago. And finally, in our conversation, he said, Pastor, nobody's ever asked me that. I said, well, Dr. Marshall, I'm not asking for a key to your building that you turn your students over to us. I'm just simply saying, what's a need that you have that we can meet like a neighbor would meet for a neighbor in your neighborhood or your apartment complex? We're neighbors. We'd just like to help. No ulterior motive. And he said, well, I, I'm not really sure. So I said, well, I have an idea. Would you would you want to hear it? He said, absolutely. I said, on those days when the students aren't here and the teachers are here, I think they're called in-service work days or whatever they're called. I said, your cafeteria is closed, right? He said, yeah. I said, so then all your staff has to leave and go have lunch somewhere or bring lunch. He said, yeah. I said, how about on those days if we just prepared brown bag lunches and we fed your entire staff, we could drop them off in your conference room and 
we don't need any recognition. And he said, you would do that? I said, we'd love to. He said, well, how about if I just invite everybody over to your church? And so we started with our school next door mm-hmm. to us feeding, oh, at sometimes it was 75, 100, 125 teachers and faculty members. And we would do luncheons, and we never preached. We never handed out tracts. We just loved people. That's right. So let me give credit to Pastor Mike Lynch at, at uh, North Star Church in the Kennesaw Ackworth area. They've been doing this since that church was created. And, and we went to a seminar that they were putting on on this concept, community partnerships, and it threw gasoline on our fire, man. And it just took us to a whole new level. So, Pastor Mike Lynch, I stole this from you. I've told you this before, but I'm going to give you credit for it. Here's what we say. Here's what they say at North Star, that you earn the right to be heard through serving. And so what we strive to do is ultimately we would love to tell everybody about Jesus, but we earn the right to be heard through serving. So right now we've got, I think, 25 or 30 community partnerships with organizations immediately in the city of Smyrna and a couple in outlying cities that we just simply host events or we provide volunteers. Sometimes we can provide financial assistance where we just hold hands through shared values to say, what are you doing that we can help you to do as a local neighbor? And then we look for a way to serve. Now, what happens over time is that we oftentimes become the 911 for those organizations. Mm -hmm. What starts off as a very practical relationship, many times turns into a spiritual relationship. The phone call comes in. We've got an employee who lost their spouse. Could you send somebody over to counsel them or talk with them? We've done weddings for people outside of our church, funerals for people outside our church, counseling for people outside our church, and we just desire to pastor our city. Mm -hmm. And this gives us that opportunity in so many wonderful ways that uh, we're just honored to be a part of that journey. And that's what what we're doing. Every day it drives us to serve our city. Well, thank you. Thank Absolutely you. love it. Well, Shell, we have enjoyed our time oh, with you, thank Pastor. You guys. It's uh, uh, really uh, it's fun having these conversations, talking about things that that mean the world to us. Yes, and our hearts are the same. That we realize we've got to earn the right to be heard. Yeah, and we do that by serving others, meeting Indeed. needs, and seeing a need meeting it. Thank you for your work. Thank you, thank you for twenty years in the same church. Mm. Thank you for your commitment to your wife and your kids and your grandkids <laughs> and your community. Uh, we just, I, I don't know that pastors hear that enough. As a, well, as a secondary leader, I just want to say to a primary, thank you very much. Thank you for your thank faithfulness you, and your good uh, model mm-hmm. for that. And uh, we no, appreciate what you, you've done. And I encourage people, if you haven't yet gotten a copy of this book, to pick up a copy. And we'll put all this in the show notes so people can easily find you and make that thank happen. Thank you. All right, and that's our hope and our plan for us all to learn about serving and caring for our communities, our churches, our families, and realize that God loves each of us, yes. and He's called us for such a time as this, and He's guiding our steps and helping us know ways that those next steps we take can be the best steps. Thanks for joining us on Next Step Leadership, a weekly conversation dedicated to your personal growth and leadership development. Chris and I are so glad you joined us. You can find us on your favorite podcast providers. Do us a favor and hit subscribe. And if you really want to help us, give us a rating. We so appreciate your support. Check out our show notes for more information regarding guest contact information. Tracy Vennell's new book, Second Chair Leadership, How to Serve, Thrive, and Lead from Where You Play, is available now at ctracyvennels.com or Amazon. Chris Maxwell's 11th book, Equilibrium, 31 Ways to Stay Balanced on Life's Uneven Services is available now at chrismaxwell.me or Amazon. 
where you can find all of Chris's previous books as well. Our featured music is by Casual Americans. You can find their musical releases at casualamericans.com or your favorite music supplier. We release Next Step Leadership each Thursday, so join us again next week on the Next Step Journey, a conversation dedicated to helping you make your next step your best step. Oh, you the same too.